yo, what up, baby? Welcome back to another episode of Football Without Hesitation. Oz here, looking at the San Jose Earthquakes, Major League Soccer. Man, shit's coming fast now, dude. Shit is coming. Not only is that, like, because of the because of the, the boycott earlier uh, in August, the Quakes played from August. Uh, they play three matches from September 10th to the 16th. They play every two days. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> that sucks for the players. Great for us fans. We get to watch fucking our team play finally. Um, since the last time we spoke, the Quakes have played twice. The last time, last week when the episode came out, it was hours before the LAFC match. And it was, yeah, I don't know. I, I had high hopes. <laughs> I had high hopes going into it, if you listen to that, to that episode. But after the match, it was just just another typical LAFC versus Quakes fucking shellacking. Um, LAFC just... Um, it, I don't want to. I don't want to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> Um, but I've I've mentioned before that the that this is what the Quakes are. You know, that they're um especially on defense, they're eleven one on one battles. And it makes it for a really fun uh team to watch. But when they come across a team that has eleven players that every one of them is a higher quality or higher caliber than every one of the players on the other side of the field, then it gets pretty bad. <laughs> um, and LAFC is the perfect example of that. I, I it, you know, it it sucks. It, it sucks to admit. It, it it feels bad, you know, to say it out loud and say it so matter of factly. But it is what it is. Um, LAFC it just has a better roster than the San Jose Earthquakes. They they just do. And even though LAFC is coming into the match struggling, even though, even though they looked vulnerable when it came to playing the Quakes, they just they just took it to them. Quakes lost five to one. Um, the fifth goal, fuck, dude, <laughs> man, all right, it was tough to watch. Dude, it's super tough to watch, and then it's even worse. When the fifth goal was scored uh, by a player by the name of Danny Masovsky. Danny Masovsky used to play for the Burlingame Dragons and for Reno of the you know in the Quakes farm system in a sense. You know, he he was coming up through the Quake system. The the Quakes obviously at some point let him go. He ended up with LAFC and now he's scoring goals against them in real meaningful matches. So that that hurt. It's actually interesting. I I looked back at it and I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure I've I've had that guy on the podcast. And if you go back, I believe it's episode four when I looked. Um, I mean, you could you could you could look up Danny Masovsky. I misspelled it, but it still showed up. Um, and yeah, I interviewed him when he played for the Berlin Game Dragons. I used to go up there. And cover the dragons matches, and and yeah, so my my early my early podcast episodes, 
Uh, I was still covering the Dragons, and Danny Masovsky was one of those players going through that system. And again, now he's at LAFC. So yeah, good on him. That's that's cool. It's fucking cool to see players keep developing their career. Again, it's not cool to see them scoring against my team, but dude, I'm all I'm all for players fucking moving up and, and, and keeping their career going. So shout out Danny Masovsky. Fucking next time, be nice, dude. You guys were already up fucking four four nothing at that point. Um. Huzan scores that goal at the very final second just to I'm I'm not gonna I don't know how anybody else felt, but it, it felt good. It I, I didn't I mean, you know, look at me, I didn't feel like a win or anything, but I I came into this match not expecting, you know, too much. It's been just a weird season all around and LAFC again it just has a better roster. So so just just to see who's in score, it was a it was a nice goal. So it's just like, all right, yeah, like whatever. LAFC is just good, but you know, once we get back back home, back back playing the the type of soccer that we want to play, we can turn we can write this ship around. And the Quakes did that immediately. It flipped it over, and all of so now, those then they play in San Jose at. Earthquake Stadium, Colorado comes in, perfect opportunity to to again to right that ship, get back on the winning side, get three points, stay in this expanded playoff picture, stay in this weird season, just 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 stay in the picture of whatever the hell's going on, and they come in and they again from watching this team so much they looked just discombobulated they were they were playing the type of soccer they wanted to play they were just they looked like like the quakes in the first four weeks of the season they're just it takes a while for that their type of, of soccer to, to click and again i mean that hasn't been here for fucking 15 years you know to to where that's just the style it's only been here a couple of years so uh, you know and 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 like I said, the players are, are you need really high quality, high quality players to play in Matias Almeida's system. And that's, I'm not trying to disrespect any of the players on the roster. They're all very high quality players. Of course, they're all major league soccer players, but Matias Almeida, you know, it's kind of a more international level style. And, yeah, and then the Quakes struggle to 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 speed it, but I mean, but obviously when they hit their stride, we can see what's possible. I'm over here trying to defend myself and shit. I mean, I love this team. I'm not trying to. It's not the team. I'm not trying to say let's give up on the system or anything. It's just what it is. At least what I've seen. So Colorado comes in. the The Quakes are playing the first half like. You know, like they're trying. They're trying. It's just not clicking. Though the passes are just, you know, just not there. The timing's just not there. And then the second half comes up. They get a, you know, get a penalty off a handball. That fucking, come on, that pass. Like Christian Espinosa. Fucking beautiful pass to Paul Marie. Paul Marie takes it in the box. 
takes a shot or a pass to Wando, whatever it might be. And anyway, handball. Handball, Wando takes the, the penalty. Quakes are up one nothing. <sighs> Feels good. Feels good. You're at home. You're winning. It's, you know, everything's going all right. And then, I mean, Kakamara subbed in. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he subbed in in the second half. And that's not a, I mean, of course it's a big deal. It's, it's Kakamara. He's a fucking legend. But it, it, he's at that point of his career where it's not, I mean, just him coming on isn't just, you know, the, the Quakes could handle that heat, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But then that corner kick, fuck, then they got a corner. And I was like, fuck, dude, the Quakes out there without, without a big presence um, defensively, I guess, you know, that's the one thing that the the defense, uh, even though they only gave up one goal, it was still shaky. It was still, you know, it's still trying to get figured out. There's still big problems on the defense. And uh, Garam Kashia was, was on the bench. So that, and so without his big presence there, as soon as that, that corner kick, was called i was just like fuck fuck this is gonna this is gonna be interesting you got fucking somehow somehow you gotta get kai i fucking blocked defended uh neutralized there we go jeez that's the word i was trying to go neutral you gotta neutralize that threat uh he's he's huge he can on corners he can just get up higher than anybody and he can just direct the ball with his head he's fucking too good and long story short the quakes were unable to do that kai kamara does what the fuck he does colorado ties it up and that's how it ends one to one the the quicks easily the, there's no way to put it they they gave up two points they should have won that match they should have won they they were the better team they they had better opportunities and they were at home they they needed to win this is a shortened season whatever nobody knows what's going on this is even more more chaos than than a usual MLS season you have you can't give up points. You just can't. You have to find a way to win. You have to find a way to win at home against team on the against the Colorados. How, now, okay, you still got Portland. You got Portland coming up in over a little, a little over a week from now. You got Galaxy right before that. You can't you can't give up these points, but. Anyway, they they took a point. Fuck it, whatever. It means shit. They're they're now at the bottom of the Western Conference uh, with a record of two, three, and three, nine points, twelfth place in the Western Conference. It was, it, it shouldn't have happened. They should have won that. They should have. They should have beat Colorado. They should have. They should have been sitting at eleven points. That's still not. That's still not really good. I mean, you look at that. That would still put you. That would insti- that would still keep them out of the playoff. They would be in right at the ninth spot, right below Real Salt Lake. But based on goal differential, they would still be out of the playoffs, even if they would have won against Colorado. 
Anyway. I mean, and uh, I, shout out to Almeida. Props for him going with the youth. I know that that's kind of controversial based on, <laughs> based on the based on me lurking on tweets and shit. It looks like some people are just, and I get it that they they are out there. They're making mistakes, and but like I said, it's nothing that I that we haven't seen before. If you watch, if you've seen Almeida before, even the San Jose earthquakes before, you know when he was with Chivas, um. He he trusts the youth. He if you, if you're on the roster, and you show that you can play, you're gonna get minutes. That's that's one of I I I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why the players seem to love playing for him. Is that it, you can be a 16 year old kid, but if you prove that you seem to be capable of of getting starting minutes you're gonna fucking start you're gonna start over a legend you're gonna start over a designated player shit doesn't matter to Almeida and I know that 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 does bother people why are you gonna you know you're gonna have a designated player you're gonna have a lot of money sitting on the bench just because Almeida has a hunch that this kid can can probably do something well uh yeah, that's that's again, that's what comes with the territory with, with Almeida. I personally, I I'm for it. I I like it. I see what is what can be. I see the possibilities. Um, and basically, I'm just thinking of of Lima and Tommy Thompson. Nick Lima again, his kind of career hasn't gone. The trajectory is slightly different, I guess. But, uh, you know, Tommy Thompson, dude, <laughs> Tommy Thompson is a, such a good defender of the ball now. It blows my mind. And he was never really poor at it. I mean, he again, earlier in his career, he was a, an offensive player or more of an offensive-minded player. But, um, and even at that, again, he wasn't terrible. He was good at protecting the ball. But what always blew my mind, what I always was like, fuck, dude, I really like this guy. But his body is just, it just doesn't seem, you know, he's just getting tossed around. MLS, um, for whatever reason, is a very physical league. It's it's a very physical league. And um, and I that's where I was like, dude, Tommy's got, the, obviously he had the technical skills. We would all see him at halftime. Uh, doing his warm-ups and doing all his fancy little flicks and all that. We, we would all see that. That's why people were begging to get him on the pitch. But um, when he got on there, he would just get tossed around, and he just, I was like, fuck, he could just get pushed off the ball so easily. That's that's all, again, that's just another thing that didn't work. But but Almeida somehow, some, uh, somehow, made him figure out where to how to position his body or some shit but now uh, Tommy Thompson is a fucking rock next to the ball and then you can't get through him to get around it, it's amazing it's amazing so anyway i i it is it's difficult for uh, again quakes fans who were begging we're begging for wins we're begging for success we've had such a, a terrible team for so long that um 
that w- w- we want something to happen. But I, again, I, I don't know. I trust in Almeida's system. I trust in his ways. I trust in, in what he sees. He's the one, you know, out there in the training sessions. He's seen these players. Um, and if the worst you're getting is one-to-one draws with 16-year-olds out there, dude, there's that upside. That that upside's got to be good. Uh, but anyway, fuck that. That's in the past. We got to keep moving forward. And next up for the San Jose Earthquakes is Seattle Sounders. Dude, who Seattle Sounders right now, they sit in sec- at second in the Western Conference. Four, two, and three. They're again, they're doing good, but the last couple they haven't, you know, they're one, one, and one in their last three. They're not doing spectacularly. They lost, they lost to Portland a couple days ago. They drew with Real Salt Lake. They beat LAFC though, three to one. That was that was pretty convincing win as well. And that's when again LAFC seemed to be out of whack. So anyway, I'm not trying to say Seattle's out of whack, but they're on a draw and a loss in their last two. Again, one, one, and one in the their last three. I, I don't know. I I don't know what to say. I we know what's gonna happen. We know what. And this is it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> we you know how the Quakes are gonna play. You know what they're gonna try to do. Um, Seattle's. Seattle's a good team. Seattle's another one of those teams that that their roster is just just pretty strong, uh, especially in comparison to, to the Quakes. But they're beatable. They're not one of those teams that just steamroll the Quakes all the time. Mm, and, but I don't know. It all comes down to again: can the can the Quakes score? Same thing, same issue. We, um, well, of the many issues that came up the last month and a half last season. Who who's gonna score? Who's gonna step up? Who's the guy? Is it Hoosen? Is it you know? Is it gonna be Wando again? Wando, the, the old man's gonna freaking just show him how to do it again. I don't know. Zandy Rios. I, I don't know. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to start putting the goal ball in the net. Erickson's gone. You got the shooters got some more space. Take some shots. Score some goals. Show show the fans that that this team still got some fucking life. And yeah, so so that the, that's their next shot is Thursday. Uh, the 10th against Seattle. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited because then two days later, another one, two days later, another one. Again, 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 again. Oh, my gosh. So after Seattle, a couple days later, then they play Galaxy. Then they finish the season off on September 16th or this whatever first part of the season, first part of the second season. They finish it off September 16th against Portland Timbers in San Jose. Get ready for the horns, everybody. I fucking love that. I don't know. I ever people were hating it. That's one of those quakes things that 
I fucking love that everybody else seems to hate. I'm like, dude, come on. There's no noise. There's no nothing. You know how fucking boring that shit is? Sure, it doesn't bother the fucking players. Fucking players are just are used to. I'm sure it's better for them to be. It like it gets them out of their head, you know. That way you don't you're not hearing everything. All of a sudden you're hearing the other coach and you're trying to react to that when instead of just reacting to what's going on on the field, like fuck that must suck. So I don't know. I'm sure the horns was a welcome addition for them dudes, but. We'll see next up Seattle on Thursday. And I'm excited for it, dude. I'm excited for it. I got faith. I'm optimistic. And I hope the Quakes can pull it off. I'm not going to try to pull any prediction. Because I just feel like I'm terrible at all that stuff. And I, I'm I'm so and I just bring bad juju to the quakes when I do that. So I'm gonna stay away from any type of prediction. My prediction is that I'm gonna have a great time watching that match. And can't, you know, I'm gonna be at home. So that's cool. Just got a just got a new uh black Bluetooth speaker, so I'll probably watch it outside or something, you know? Never thought, but yeah. Do it on the outside. It's been kind of warm. Well, kind of warm is is an understatement. It was fucking scorching a couple days ago. So, um, yeah, dude, I'll check that out. Seattle, 7 o'clock Thursday. Um, Before I sign off, dude, I wanted to devote actually this last little part of this show. Because like I mentioned, I... I'm so done getting mad with are the Quakes going to sign somebody? Are they going to spend money? Um, anyone that's listened to the show for a while knows exactly how I feel or, or what I think is going on. Um, for any of those that not, basically, the way I see it is this. The, the Quakes right now are owned by a, a real estate developer. And again, it's the same people that own the Oakland A's. We all know how the A's are. I'm not, and I'm not even judging my thoughts. I guess a little bit, but I'm not trying to base. I'm not saying, oh, the A's seem like a team that really needs, you know, financial help or for its owners to care. So the Quakes are the same way now. I'm going to look at the quick completely independently, but for people that may not be aware, it's the same group. John Fisher. Um, so, the, like I said, it's a, it's a, owning a MLS franchise is a great investment opportunity. They are, they're going up in value. Um, we're just seeing, again, teams are paying two, $300 million fees to the league just to join. Um, the they seem to be, you know, what's it? It's Austin, Charlotte, Sacramento, and St. Louis still are about to come on board. So, um, yeah. So th- the teams are just going to naturally, I feel, go up in value. Sure, some teams, you know, as I guess as you add more teams, teams have the potential to be less valuable. You know, let's say Sacramento opens up. Well, okay, San Jose maybe may lose some of its value. But at the moment, owning an MLS team is a great investment. 
If you are the Quakes ownership group, you own the San Jose Earthquakes, you built Avaya Stadium in or Earthquake Stadium. You built it, and with your own money, props to them, dude. Again, they built it very much with their own money. Uh, so, so you own the San Jose Earthquakes. You own the stadium that they play on. You are a real estate developer that is developing the land around the stadium, which used to be a tank factory, so it's a huge-ass piece of land. It's right next to a train station, right next to the international airport. So they're redeveloping that land. Why in the fuck would you sell this team right now? It makes no sense. Again, if you just keep putting the bare minimum into it, it's it's just going to continue to grow as an investment for you. And if you don't care about sports or about soccer or about winning then that's awesome. <laughs> it, I, I, it doesn't, it's just like from that business point of view, when you see it like that, it's just like, you know, it's just, it's like investing in, in Google like a year before they, they make it big. It's just like, I, I'm, I, I guess that's a bit, dramatic of an of an explanation but basically I, they're building office well i mean shit this covid thing may have changed that whole office game forever but they're building offices in the northern edge of downtown san jose by the airport that is again one of the hottest places in the world you fucking businesses, uh, companies are moving there, opening up all the time. People want to live there. Google's about to fucking put 40,000 people in downtown by the fucking train station. It's the Quakes have their stadium in a fucking cherry ass spot, man. So why would they sell? You know, you would need a really, really a big reason to to make to want that team to sell and you would need somebody with a lot of fucking money because whoever the fuck is gonna make these negotiations for sure knows this shit they're way smarter than me they're way smarter than me and you know they're gonna be like yeah look at this this is what this area is gonna look like in 15 years and we're gonna add that value into that shit because that is that's what you're buying into. So anyway, and, and basically that that's the only way I see the Quakes really changing. I don't I don't see the current ownership group really investing into it and all of a sudden becoming a a, a group that is you know wanting to win MLS cups, wanting to win supporter shields, wanting to bring big name DPs. I don't. I just don't see that. I don't see that. The only way for the for the Quakes to ever be a team that in that way would be for them to be sold and for a new ownership to take over and for that ownership to have that idea. And again, I'm I'm sorry if that's so too blunt or 
or if it just hits people the wrong way, but I, I don't know. Uh, from covering this team intimately, you know, I mean, I for years I've covered this team now, both on the podcast and in the written word. Um, that's the only way I see it. And again, this is that's no shot at the front office. I'm not saying clear out the front office. I think the front office is great. And the people at the front office, they're different than the ownership group. Like the people at the front office are fucking great. They lo- There's a bunch of people in there that love the quakes that have been there for a long ass time that should stay there. That should be a part that are probably begging for some kind of change. I'm not saying they're all wanting an ownership change, but I'm sure they would love for the quakes to be a perennial contender for MLS cup. But but the the only way I see it is is them being sold and but again who who it, it's the it's the Bay Area so you have no shortage of billionaires like the the money one is actually kind of simple as stupid as that sounds but because of the area like there's just billionaires all over the fucking place over there you know and billionaires too not not millionaires billionaires uh, the problem with a lot of those billionaires is they don't give a shit about soccer. And really, they don't even give a shit about sports in general. Again, and so you can discount up all kinds of them. You can discount a bunch of these people. And so you're like, all right, who who the hell is it? Who, who can be this person? Um, the San Jose Sharks, again, have done an excellent job. Like I've said before. I'll say it again. San Jose is a hockey town or a hockey city. And I think the San Jose Sharks have done an excellent job in embedding themselves in the community. So props to them. So, I mean, whoever, they they have a stake in the San Jose Earthquakes, but I'm, I'm sure it's just a minority stake and that they probably don't don't make any decisions on the business side. But... If they were to fully take over, make some kind of power move and say, hey, man, we're going to be the, the San Jose Pro Sports Organization. These are our two teams, the Quakes and the Sharks. And we're going to put all effort, a weight and effort behind both of them. <coughs> oh, excuse me. But, or, so I'm looking... I'm like, who the hell? I'm not, I don't even live in San Jose. I don't live there and I'm not a big ass business person. I'm not hella connected. But then, then I came across some dude. And I think this is, this is the guy. This is my, my pick for a person that should buy the San Jose earthquake. And it's a guy by the name of Gary Dillabaugh. Gary Dillabaugh is, I mean, you got to look this dude up. If you've never heard of this guy, this dude is, well, I mean, as you can tell by his name, he's, he's, I think he's Scottish, you know, oh, Scottish, (laughs) Baltimore-ish. He's from Baltimore. Ultimately, I guess fucking Scottish. Ultimately, if you really look back, but he's from Baltimore, so he's not—he's not born in San Jose, but he—he's taking it as his hometown now. 
Um, he's I I saw I found his you got there's a really good biography on jointventure.org. He's um again, of course, cuz it's Silicon Valley. He's a a Silicon Valley guy. He used to be the vice president of eBay and now he's a venture capitalist. And yeah, and but this dude if if you look at it, he's one of the things he's doing is like redeveloping a bunch, a bunch of downtown San Jose. He actually bought the Bank of Italy building. It's this really cool old building by the um, by the tech center by Cesar Chavez Park. It's you know really tall, not really tall, but tall, cool, old looking building. He's renovating that like they're redoing it. Like like dude, we're gonna bring bring it back to its old glory. He's doing a, a bunch of office stuff. This dude is basically like, man, San, it's about time San Jose gets put on the map. Like, this is a dope city. We have a bunch of stuff going for it. So we're going to do projects that do that, you know, that, that that are on a worldwide level to get worldwide attention. He hooked up. I mean, that the big deal is he hooked up with a another development company from Vancouver, I mean, I don't know their names, but th- this company from Vancouver, they're famous because, you know, they've only, they work in like six cities, you know, Vancouver, Tokyo, Seattle, New York, like really s- select cities. They don't, they don't, you know, th- they're very selective of where they do their projects. And this dude was able to, they made a deal and said, all right, San Jose is another one of our, the cities that we're adding to our portfolio. And we're going to work with uh, Gary Dillabaugh and his company and build some cool stuff. So I'm like, dude, this, what the fuck? This guy's the shit. Like, you, yeah, just the way he talks, he just seems like a, like a regular guy. He just seems like, like some regular ass dude. Um, just like, you know, could just sit and have a beer with him. But actually from reading here, I don't think he drinks beer or, or something. But anyway. He's a huge San Jose proponent. He wants to put San Jose on the map. He doesn't, I, I don't, doesn't seem to be a big sports guy or, or it doesn't like any kind of sports related stuff attached to him. But I, I think he would understand the, also the value of soccer and how important it is. And if you want to make San Jose a prestigious world-class city, Having a world class soccer team is again not a guarantee. It's still a really small league, but you're not going to get a, a basketball team. We all know what the fuck try what the hell will happen when a professional baseball team try to come. You know, the A's try to move down here. So, like, you have the Quakes. You have this team that's an original founding member of of the league that has roots that go all the way back to the 70s. It has this great history, has past championships, has legendary players, and it's fallen on hard times. And if anyone can sit down with a, a developer or a real estate guy, it's another real estate guy. And they they know. I mean, again, I'm like they can figure out some right. Like they 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 speak each other's language. Mister Dillabaugh can be like, dude, 
Like we make it so it's financially worth it to you. You leave looking like the hero, like, you know what? New ownership, you know, new blood does need to come in and reinvigorate this team. You look like the good guy handing it off, handing the torch off. I come in, bring my team in. We work with the, with the you know, the front office people that have been here a long time. And we, we make a fucking dope-ass team. And then this dude could open the pocketbook. And, you know, start... Redeveloping the stadium. It, it. I mean, hey, it's been five years. That's a long time. And go back five years. Look at the downtown. It looks way different. Like you got to keep updating. You got to keep up with the times. You got to update the stadium. You got to for sure spend more money on the roster. The youth development academy. I don't know. MLS is always changing how that goes, but work work needs to be done. The San Jose Earthquakes are falling behind. And I I nominate Gary Dillabaugh, who has no fucking clue. <laughs> I nominate him to buy the San Jose Earthquakes and help bring this team back to the glory of its of its past and that it deserves. Anyway, I'll get off my fucking my high horse like I know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. So anyway, like I said earlier, Seattle Earth Seattle Earthquakes. Holy fuck. Yeah. What is Seattle V Earthquakes? Thursday, seven o'clock, then Galaxy, another classical at in San Jose, and then September sixteenth, finish it off with Portland Timbers. We'll see what the hell happens. I'm excited. Either way, it's three more Quakes matches, man. It's gonna be fucking fun. Thanks for thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace.